Yes, they're like assholes, aren't they, Michelle Opinions? Everyone's got one. Good hello, Michelle. Good hellos to you. I've said that before. I feel like I've said that before. Good hellos. Good hellos. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's quite a strange thing. Have you ever said that to anyone else ever before? No, Good just you, just you. And it was an accident. I'm special. I'm special today. <laughs> How are you? I've still got the bad voice. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit teenage hormonal boy. Funny I should mention that because we've got that coming up. Huh? What do hormonal teenage boys do? Wank. Yes. What do you think we're talking about today? Are we talking about wanking today? I thought it was porn. Well, it's all, it's all part and parcel. It's all connected. Doll. All right. It's part and parcel. <laughs> well, I guess we should welcome our listeners. Welcome, eavesdroppers one and all, to this episode of Eavesdropping with me, Geordie. And me, Michelle. And she's just given it away, but... I have. I've given the game away. We're talking about porn today because we talk around it. All the time. Up it, through it, <laughs> Up on it. it, in it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but we do, we're always mentioning a bit of porn. You're always telling me you've never heard of Pornhub. Well, I have now. I was just slow coming to the party, Michelle. I hadn't heard of it. Now I hear about it all the time, especially after having a week of research on porn. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm very worried about my cookies situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit concerned as well. But listen, you know, for me... Porn was just like a scratchy old VHS tape, nasty looking and be multiple guys never taking their socks off. I don't know why. And just like the window cleaner comes round and she's suddenly got her boobs out and the electrician comes round and he's not wearing any pants, that kind of thing. That's porn to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the good old days of soft porn where you would have a story, story story-based porn. You know, it would always be sexy schoolgirl or whatever it was. And, you know, I don't know if you ever remember, but as people know who've been listening to us, Geordie and I are both Australian and I lived in Sydney for a time and there was that adult cinema right in the middle of Newtown as you came out of the station. It's honestly one of the most beautiful heritage buildings. I don't know what they've done with it now. It was dodgy as and it was always a little bit scary because you know you would see men going in at all times of the day it wasn't just restricted to night oh I mean we have to remember you know sex sells Michelle well sex does sell but it's porn as a thing it's been around forever yeah because where you have sex you have porn and this goes right back to like sexy ancient sculptures of you know People doing it to like sexy scenes in ancient murals and whatnot. You know, it yeah. porn has always been around in some form or another. I actually read some article where they were talking about an ancient sculpture they'd found of a man having sex with a woman. This is like in clay. Okay. Clay sculpture. He's having sex with her. She's on her back lying down, sipping beer through a straw. Oh, out of a jug. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> women have always been like, come on, hurry yeah, up. Get on with it. <laughs> you know, porn has always existed. It's just one of those things. Obviously, you've talked about the VHS tape. And in fact, I remember reading something about VHS and beta. VHS decided that they were going to 
print adult movies onto VHS tape. And Beta said, no, we're not doing that. And guess which one went out of business? It was Betamax. Yeah. Because porn was really driving that home video market, market. in yeah. the beginning. Makes and sense. then they were like, oh, maybe we could do children's movies and this. And then oh, a whole God. video easy, you know, video store concepts came around. So porn really has been driving a lot of industries to create better technologies because dudes want to knock one out and they want to do it in <laughs> the privacy of their own home. Well, let's just say ladies also like to knock one out as well, it seems. Just go on Mumsnet and have a look. They're talking what? about it on Mumsnet as well. That's going to be my go-to from now on. If ever I'm researching a subject, always go and have a look at Mumsnet and see what they say. What are Mumsnet saying about porn? Well, the Mumsnetters, they say one of them started a thread by saying, hey, who else watches porn? There was a 50-50 split of people saying, of course I do. Who doesn't? And it's the only way I can find any kind of pleasure and all sorts of comments like that too. Absolutely no fucking way. It's too exploitative. Or one lady said that she came across some porn one day and instantly regretted it because it looked like there was a group of young people, quite young, maybe not too young, but quite young, who looked like they'd been drugged. And it was a very unpleasant experience for her watching that. I wonder if that was Sleeping Girls. That's a category. There are a lot of porn yeah. categories, you know, Sleeping Girls. They say Sleeping mm. Girls, they're drugged. Come on. You don't just sleep yeah. through sex. I think this conversation is, it's a tricky one to navigate because there is so much porn out there and I'm not woke. I believe what I believe and I don't care okay. if it's right or wrong. So, Oh, that's a good way of putting it, Michelle. Well, I've grown up with my ideas and everybody has their own opinions on things. And Yes, they're like assholes, aren't they, Michelle? Opinions, everyone's got one. Thank you for basically comparing me to an asshole kind <laughs> I said opinions not you obviously since porn has become easy and free to access on the internet it, it has gone from this whole underground thing where you'd have to buy like top shelf jazz mag in a brown paper wrapping or mail order or mail yeah. order a cassette or a or a magazine <laughs> to it being so available that you can see a thousand dicks before breakfast if you want to <laughs> You can. <laughs> Just pick up your phone and flick through your photos. I think you'll find a thousand dicks might be in there. <laughs> You've said before. Michelle keeps all the old dick pics that have been sent to her in her single days in case you weren't up to speed, listeners. <laughs> Well, it's just I haven't pruned my camera roll and I really should because the girls do go through it. Oh, Annie Mitch, you look so pretty there. Don't go there. Don't look further. You know, it. I don't know why I've kept them. I just haven't deleted them. I don't know why. But look, mm. porn sites are just a part of life. And I did look up the most visited websites in the world to see where adult sites rank on that. Guess what the most visited website in the world is? Pornhub. No, it's Google. That's number oh, one. Okay. Then we've got YouTube, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram in that order. And then if you skip forward past a few Chinese and Russian sites, you end up with a site called xvideos.com coming in at number 10. There is a porn site in the top 10 most visited websites in the world. Pornhub is at number 12, just pipping Ooh. Amazon to the post, which is at number 13. Oh. Oh, Put that into context. Yes. More people go to Pornhub than Amazon. That's incredible. It is. Then you have 
xnxx.com at number 14 after Amazon. I guess anything with an X, we can just assume that that's going to be pornography. It does categorise the sites and tell you what they are. Or is it something to do with Elon Musk? Because he loves an X. It's porn. Yes. No, no, no. It's definitely porn. And then there is a site called xhamster.com at number 25. I don't know what that one is. Don't click on that. Do (laughs) That's upset me. That is in the top 25 oh. all-time visited, most visited websites in the world. So people are clicking can, on X Hamster. I'm can I you. beg all of our listeners, please don't get intrigued and click on that. I just feel like it's going to end in tears. Yeah, but it could also be cute. It could be cute could little be. hamsters. So. It could be like X Badger or something. I don't know. What? Just a cute word. Badger? Isn't that another sexual term like a bear? I don't know, Jordy. You tell me. A badger? Isn't that an older man? I'm guessing. I feel like a badger is an older man and a bear is a big, gruff kind of man. Well, the bear is like the big, hairy, almost slightly fat dude in the gay world. That's a bear. Yeah. So, but anyway, look, of the top 25 sites in the world, four of them are porn. And that's not nothing. That's something. This is the world. So you've got all your Chinese sites, you've got TikTok, everything like that, all in this top 25, and four of these sites are porn. And look, you know, it is a massive topic. It's overwhelming, and there are so many different mm. takes on porn. And, you know, we do talk about things like OnlyFans and Camgirls, but today I'm going to look at two things. And the first thing is based on what I think is quite a disturbing article I read about Billie Eilish. Oh, I saw that. Yes. So she spoke out last year when she was just 19, saying that porn destroyed her brain. For anyone who doesn't know who Billie Eilish is, she is a super talented singer-songwriter. She's sort of like a bit dark, electro, misery music, whispery voice, kind of gritty lyrics thing. She's young, really young. She's got that song that goes... Yes. That one that everybody yes. knows on all the ads. Yeah. And the lyrics are, I'm going to sleep with your dad, kind of sexy. I don't know. I, I don't know oh. the actual lyrics. Like I can't recite them. So she gave this interview to Howard Stern show last year in 2021, where she said she started watching porn at age 11. It's very young. My daughter's 11. I'd be horrified if I found out she was looking at porn. But guess what? They're on the internet all the time. It's not surprising that they've come across something Shocking. No, 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 Georgie. This is not, oh, I came across porn. She actively watched it. And the thing is, she was homeschooled. So I guess this was all happening in her free time. I don't know. She's come out saying that she thinks it's destroyed her brain and that she's devastated that she was exposed to so much porn and that she ended up watching more and more graphic types of pornography, which warped her ideas about sex and relationships. And this is a quote from her. She says, It got to a point where I couldn't watch anything else unless it was violent. Wow. I was a virgin. I'd never done anything. So it led to problems. The first few times I had sex, I was not saying no to things that were not good. It was because I thought that's what I was supposed to be attracted to. And she was watching abusive BDSM porn, which is, what does a BD stand for? Bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. Glad you know that. Yes. And she says... She now suffers from night terrors and sleep paralysis. And she's directly connected that to watching porn at such a young age. And she says, I'm so angry at myself for thinking that it was okay. But you know what? I feel really bad for her because I feel like she's beating herself up for something that, A, she should 
never have been exposed to. And B, it's not her fault because she's just a kid. She was 11. Yeah, but still, the trauma happened. Yeah, and she has to deal with it now at 19, 20 years old. You know, she says that she's angry that the porn industry creates these unrealistic expectations about women's bodies. And this is a quote from her. She says... The way that vaginas look in porn is fucking crazy. No vaginas look like that. Women's bodies don't look like that. We don't come like that. So I'm just saying clearly some vaginas do look like that because... Surely because they they exist to be looked at. Yeah. But look, you know, if she's talking about a hairy vag... All women have a hairy vag to start unless they trim it or whatever. So she's talking about there's no hairy Vs on porn. There is. But, you know, that's another topic. There's this uh, New York Post article I read where a guy called Brad Salzman, who is the founder of the New York Sexual Addiction Centre, he says it's not unusual for kids to first begin watching online porn at the age of 11. It's weird. Not unusual. Like I know, that's not good, is and it? And that's fucking terrifying to me because when I was 11... You know, I was doing gymnastics. Playing Barbie and, dolls. Yeah. yeah, miming to Kate Bush and, you know, yep. today kids are watching porn. And like you said, Jordy, your kids are right in the hot zone for this. Like how do parents police this? I don't – I can't even imagine how. But the thing is that Brad Solzman says watching porn at age 11 is nowadays actually the norm, mainly for boys. Mm. And he says he regularly treats young men in their early 20s suffering from sex and porn addiction. And he says parents aren't paying attention and exposure to porn can affect their kids for the rest of their lives. It totally colours their perception of what normal sexuality is supposed to look like and Mm. it changes the way they think that they're supposed to interact and they can begin seeing other people as sex objects as opposed to human beings. Yeah, And he says people have to realise that internet pornography is not a harmless pastime. It might be the most addictive drug we have today. In your research, Michelle, did you happen to notice who is running the show when it comes to pornography? Because I know that during my research, I discovered that a lot of the porn companies that were producing that kind of the famous porn films of the days in the 80s, 70s, etc. was the Mafia. Or other organised crime gangs? No, I don't think it's that anymore. I think it's moved out of that because, you know, you're talking about story-based porn. Well, I guess in some places, definitely. It was just any kind of entrance into the porn world, anything that's going to get people buying. Well, people don't buy anymore. That's the point. It's a different beast. So how is it monetized? So you can have subscriptions, but also it's a little bit like people can do live sex you've got cam girls who are making money you've got only fans but on the big porn sites it's ads but also it's like giving you a taster to then subscribe so it's tech giants then who are making the cash out of this rather than the organized crime gangs I mean, the thing is that there's a lot of ways that you can submit your porn. So it could be you and your boyfriend and you go, hey, let's submit this and see if we can make some money because I think you get money from clicks and views and all that kind of stuff. So so who owns Pornhub and OnlyFans then? Do you know? I mean, OnlyFans is owned by an English guy who started it with, uh, I think, his wife and now obviously making big fucking money. Um, I don't know who owns Pornhub. But obviously, they have to collaborate and partner with tech giants because when I started looking into this, I have to say, Pornhub 
has got their SEO down. I mean, they are very, very, very good at labeling with very detailed categories. So, you know, top marks to Pornhub for its brilliant organization. You get a gold star from Michelle Pornhub. Yeah, I mean, really, like (laughs) the categories are really detailed, much more so than sites like Amazon. I mean, anything you want to find on Pornhub, it is listed from top shelf categories like ethnicity, scenario, partners, LGBTQ, very inclusive, actions, attributes, language, age, production, miscellaneous. And just like Spotify, they have a discovery section, a live section, verified amateur section. And within all these categories, it then gets very specific. So for example, under scenarios, you've got things like public, babysitter, (laughs) massage, Reality, cuckold, casting couch, cosplay, parody, party, you know, like the list is endless. Then within each of those things, like babysitter, you've then got a thousand micro categories, you know, and this shit takes a lot of organization. So whoever owns these sites, it's not just, oh, slap it up there and yeah, let's see who's watching. It is detailed. It is very organized. It's very easy to find. So, you know, just the staff alone to run this shit must be enormous. And I didn't look too much because I felt a bit grubby rummaging around on Pornhub. Back to this whole idea of porn not being a harmless pastime and it being addictive. Uh, There's a guy called Ziv Cohen, who's the clinical assistant professor of psychiatry at Cornell University in America. And he backs up what Brad is saying and he agrees that the age of porn exposure like the age at which kids are watching it is shockingly young I agree with that yeah he's had panicked parents getting in touch with him after discovering that their seven and eight year old kids have been watching porn no 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 yeah but you know look it's a sign of our times because you know there are three components that make porn addictive which didn't exist 20 years ago one it's totally accessible and two it's totally anonymous you know Uh and three it's free so there is an unlimited supply of basically anything you want. Is there no firewall to stop people from getting through? No, because it says, are you 18? Yes. Just click yes. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Boom. So the firewall is parents. If you don't want your seven-year-old, no. your 11-year-old watching. Block it. Get, you know, try and police that shit. But I think it's difficult because kids have phones. Kids have iPads. They're taking them to school. You yeah. can't hover over everything they're watching. I mean, you can check their history, I get. But if they're smart, they're deleting their history. But anyway, this guy, Brad Solzman, says he's not surprised Billie Eilish started watching more and more extreme types of porn because that's what happens. He says it has to become more frequent, more extreme and more risky because you're chasing the high that you first got. And I started looking into this a bit because I wanted to understand how porn affects the brain. Because I know from friends who've had to go cold turkey on porn, they watch so much that it fucked with their brain and their bodies. They just couldn't get turned on by real life women. Porn was a stronger stimuli. Oh dear. Yeah. And so they had to wean themselves off it. So I sort of did a little mini deep dive into this and it's kind of terrifying what it can do to your brain. Step me up. Stats. So basically, like eating and sleeping, sex is one of our human 
like fundamental human drives because we are hardwired to seek sex to keep our species going, right? And apparently sex activates the most basic functioning parts of our brain and the limbic system, which controls basic emotions like fear and anger. So when people look at porn, dopamine floods these brain regions, causing, you know, intense feelings of pleasure. And so over time, you associate porn um, directly with those pleasurable feelings, right? So then anything that's associated with those images. So even if you see like some sexy ad on a billboard when you're driving to work or something, it can trigger you. Yeah, you might have an accident. <laughs> well, you might. So distracted by the boobies. Well, you might just also want to pull over and like knock one out because that's what happens oh, when you God, when you Go watch loads way. of porn. Well, I'm just saying. Right. And then you need more and more porn and you often need more and more hardcore porn to get the same response because it's less satisfying and you need to get more and more explicit porn to get the same effect. And it's a bit like heroin. The first hit is the best and then it's all downhill after that. And it's a bit of a nasty cycle that's quite hard to break. There is this idea that porn can actually physically shrink your brain. Oh, no. Yeah. And I read this brilliant article and it's long. Like if you're into this, I'll show note the shit out of this. But there's a brilliant article by a guy called Pascal Emmanuel Gobri. And he's from the Ethics and Public Policy Center in America. And it's all the neuroscience around this issue because scientists are now discovering that porn is more addictive than smoking or alcohol. Oh, no. Yeah, and they call it like porn is the new smoking. You know, people are like, oh, I could quit at any time. But they can't because... It's really hard. Yeah, neurochemically, the brain produces all this dopamine, which... And dopamine is like the reward and the pleasure hormone. And apparently every time you have a new partner in real life, you are flooded with dopamine. And I get this because it's like you think about it. Every time you start a new relationship, the sex is phenomenal. And then you just get used to it, right? Yeah. And this is nothing to do with the partner that you're with. It's all neurochemical. Like it's all about your brain. So put that into the context of... When you go to porn sites, every time you watch a new porn clip, your brain interprets this as a new partner. So it's almost like you're falling in love with that person or that scenario or that whatever you're looking at. What if it's icky? Well, it doesn't matter. Every time you're, you're watching porn and it's a new clip that you haven't seen before, your brain is like, oh, I've just met someone new and I've got this rush of all those amazing, sexy, hot feelings. And, and so your brain is just being like... Boom, 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 flooded with these because it can't differentiate between a person in real life and what you're watching. And there was a study they conducted where these men were shown the same porn clip repeatedly, like they showed it to a group of men. They found that the arousal declined with each new viewing. So this is exactly what happens. You're with your boyfriend. Every time you have sex, the arousal declines because... Oh, how sad. But that's just our brains. However... As soon as a new little clip of porn was shown, the arousal shot through the roof to the same level as when the men were shown the clip for the first time. So with online porn, what you have is your brain perceiving a new partner every time you're watching a new clip. And if you're watching a new clip every minute, 
that's a lot of high level like dopamine for your brain and it's this rush that people get addicted to but also it means that they're not getting the same stimulation from porn which is why people have to seek harder more explicit weirder genres every time they're watching porn because they're just not getting that same hit from it and that is what people get addicted to and so you know we're living in an era where people who watch porn are getting exposed and exposing their brains to these unprecedented levels of stimulus and neurochemical rewards and it means you can keep your brain at such a high for a longer period of time than ever before in history and our brains can't handle it and that's shrinking your brain shrinks it our brains can't handle it and it does lead to lasting damage They have shown that it's about neuroplasticity and it does shrink the brain. But also the thing is, it kills the desire for real sex. Because like heroin addicts who eventually do lose interest in actual sex, the brain is being rewired because their sex reward system is being programmed to seek out porn, not sex. So that's why we are seeing this like, epidemic of chronic erectile dysfunction among men under 40 Uh and you know they're saying that we are in a a sex recession right now because they're saying that like sweeping across the world because young people are now watching a lot of porn they're triggered by porn they're not interested in real sex so they're not actually having sex Mm -hmm. and there are questionnaires and studies Sweden did one and they were shocked young people are having less sex than ever before and porn has been blamed for this because watchers of porn need the newest and easiest way to like get this hit and that's like I said that's why they're going to like harder and harder porn and weird categories because they're becoming desensitized yeah you know it does have a negative impact on relationships and There have been these academic reviews where they have found that like porn addiction has been linked to greater support for sexist beliefs. Oh dear, that's why it's all going tits up in this modern world. A greater tolerance of sexual violence towards women. A diminished view of women's competence, morality and humanity. And this is all from watching porn. But a lot of people would say that porn empowers women and you're telling me the opposite. Well... Go online and do a search for no, thanks. Porn Ruined My Life and you will see a lot of anecdotal and first-hand testimonies of women saying, I thought I was empowering myself but actually it destroyed my self-confidence. You know, I thought it was I was empowering myself and my body shape but no, actually I just felt used, I felt this, I felt that because mm-hmm. it rewires and transforms your brain and, and this is why I feel like I'm not woke. Maybe there are women out there who who do feel empowered by this, but there are a lot of women who don't feel empowered and they initially did. So I think there there needs to be a lot more study because going back to this idea of shrinking your brain, it's about the neural pathways. Neuroplasticity it is one of those things that helps the brain continue to do what you do a lot better. So first of all, as a kid, you learn to tie your shoes. So your brain yeah. remembers that how to tie the laces and it helps you remember how to do it better and better well it's the same with porn when you watch it a lot your brain helps you watch it better 
And it basically stealing resources from other parts of your brain to be able to watch it better. Your prefrontal cortex is actually shrinking. All this science, Michelle. I mean, cognitively, watching loads of porn can lead to all sorts of things, including this shrinking of the prefrontal cortex, like decreased academic performance, decreased memory, decreased decision-making ability, higher impulsivity, lower emotion regulation, higher risk aversion, higher rates of neurosis, stress, social anxiety, romantic attachment anxiety, um, narcissism, depression, poor self-esteem. And this is all about shrinking prefrontal cortex. You know, it can have serious damage. And the upshot here is, you know, our brains are precious. We need to look after them. They are finding more and more that porn fucks with the brain. Just like smoking, porn is addictive. It's bad for us. But as a society, just like it took a long time for us to admit that smoking was bad for us because people love it. People love smoking. They do love to smoke. People love their porn. But just like smoking, it is destructive to our health and our society. And until we kind of admit it, I think that we are going to see more and more detrimental effects whether you're a watcher of porn or a creator of porn, I think you need to carefully think about what you're doing and what effect it has on you. And I know that's an unpopular debate and it's for another time because I don't know enough about that. Way to take the sexy out of porn, Michelle. Well, I'm just going to run you through very quickly a couple of categories. Going back to how I talked to you about categories. Okay. I got a bit shocked by some things I didn't know were categories. <laughs> and these are from um, a site called Scoop Whoop and Lustfell. Scoop Poop. Whoop. Scoop Whoop. Oh. Scoop Whoop. Okay. They looked at some bizarre types of porn that I'd never heard of. Maybe you have. I don't know. I hope not. Have you ever heard of Yif Porn? No. It's kind of sweet in some ways because basically it's where people dress up in animal onesies and just go for it. Oh, no, I do know about that. Yeah, and I think they must have, you know, some like little openings strategically in the in the onesies yeah. or whatever. But there's a whole fetishy community of people into this and they call themselves furries and they have – That's right, the furries. Personas, not personas. Fursonas. Yeah, it's kind of cute and I think it's really fantasy in a cosplayish kind of way. There's also a category called occult porn. Occult. Occult. Well, that'll be one for Halloween. Yes. And they all dress up in like as demons and wizards and witches and they're, <laughs> they're using their wands in interesting ways. Oh. And basically it's just people having sex in like occultish kind costumes. of costumes. And there's this whole succubus thing going on as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it actually has its own category on Pornhub. So I guess it's a growing trend. Then there's Japanese newscaster porn. Oh. Yeah, that's basically what it says on the tin. You've got Japanese woman reading the news in a little power suit and then she's getting pounded. So that's that. Oh. Menstrual porn. Oh. Don't need to explain that. No. There's toothless granny porn. Oh, and, no. And that's an actual thing. And I know that's self-explanatory, but I did see this weird thing, Geordie. You watched it? There was a picture. It was a picture illustrating the category. It was a granny she was going down on a D. She had her false teeth out of her mouth. In her hand. And they were in her hand and sort of clamped around the base. Oh. It's a thing. There's milking porn. Oh. And without getting graphic, it's women with big breasts and yeah. cow milk- milking machines. I'm sure you get the picture. Santa Claus porn. Yikes. Garden gnome porn. <laughs> All I'm going to say is they do not very nice things with the pointy garden gnome hat. Oh, God. 
There's hairy armpit porn. There's clown porn, which is absolutely terrifying. Terrifying. Yes. Stuff of nightmares. There's a thing called cake sitting porn. Cake sitting? Like sitting on a cake? Yeah, it's basically naked women who sit down and destroy these beautifully iced cakes and it's such a waste of cakes these cakes look absolutely delicious so you know there's tentacle porn oh yes with real and fake tentacles there's fish porn where people behave badly with fish that's terrible that's abuse it is i really disagree with food waste so i hope they're taking care of that fish afterwards but they're just some of the uh categories you can find online well i'm so glad so glad thank you michelle disgusting You really did rip the sexy away from porn for that little section, didn't you? She made it awkward. She made it awkward. awkward. She How made did it I make awkward. it awkward? Awkward, awkward. She made it awkward. She made it awkward. Awkward, awkward. 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 How bloody awkward. Well, this is awkward. How bloody awkward. Awkward. Bloody hell. Fuck you. Well, I'm going to talk today about porn as well. So... As you said earlier, the problem with pornography is that it portrays abusive and misogynistic acts that can lead to normalisation. And you've illustrated that beautifully in your story just now. But have you ever sat next to somebody, Michelle, on like a bus or a tube and they're watching porn? No, but obviously my boyfriend was sitting next to me when I was researching. He was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, it's research. Well, I remember the days when people used to sit on the tube reading Fifty Shades of Grey, but it would be in a different cover. They were so embarrassed about it. Not anymore. Guys are sitting there with their earphones in, thank God, and watching actual porn on their phones, on their laptops, on their devices. I've seen it, Michelle. That is addiction right there. Yep. That is addiction. Why would you do that? Because they're addicted. In the morning, on the way in to work. They've probably seen 10,000 vaginas before they've even eaten their yogurt for breakfast. Well, TFL, Transport for London, they have said about this, that if someone has made you feel uncomfortable, for example, by viewing pornographic material, please tell the police or a member of our staff. See it, say it, sorted. See it, say it, sorted. Exactly. In April of this year, 2022, in the House of Commons, there was a Conservative MP, always Conservative, the MP for Tiverton and Honiton, which is in Devon. His name is Neil Parrish. You'd have heard about him if you were in this country. You probably haven't. You live in a bubble. I remember this. Oh, you do? It was shocking. He had his Tory whip removed after he was accused of watching porn on his phone in the House of Commons. And he said he'd clicked on it by mistake because he was actually researching tractors whilst waiting to vote in the House of Commons for something. (laughs) I got bullshit on that one. Well, we, we can call bullshit on that one because poor old Neil, he said yes the first time he was looking for tractors. The second time, he obviously liked it because the second time he said it was deliberate and he actually did go searching for more of the same. Obviously, his brain shrunk in the small amount of time that he <laughs> looked at tractor porn. His neuroplasticity <laughs> went He denied watching it on his phone in the hope that someone else would be able to see it. Well, this is what I think those guys are doing on the train. They want you to look. They want you to see it. It's like when you see a a guy wanking in the street, which has happened to me many times, and I'm sure it's happened to you. It's happened to most women I know, where somebody's wanking and they're just like, or flashing, the old Mac flasher, opening up his Mac and flashing his willy. They want a reaction or they want to shock you, I think. 
that's Neil Parrish done. But I'm not done with MPs in the House of Commons looking at porn because in 2013, official records released by the Palace of Westminster's IT department suggested that nearly 300,000, not 30,000, Michelle, I was going to say 30, it's 300,000 attempts to access websites categorised as pornography were made from computers within Parliament in that year of 2013. I guess they were denied and blocked, but they're still trying. Oh, so. oh my God. Yes. Uh, Boris, put the mouse down. <laughs> in a BBC article, which I read, they spoke to a lady called Dr. Paula Hall, who's a psychotherapist who specialises in working with sex and pornography addiction at a place called the Laurel Centre. She did this to find out why some people watch porn in public. And she said it could be due to addiction to pornography, like you said, Michelle. And addiction, as you illustrated beautifully just before, affects the brain in such a way that impulse control is out the window. The mm. thinking part of the brain goes offline. And that's true of, like you said, cigarette smoking, gambling, sex, drinking, drugs, and any other thing that you can get addicted to. Another reason why people might be viewing it in public, it could be because they have been, like Billie Eilish, exposed to porn at a young age and it becomes a habit. Yeah. And it can be very uncomfortable for you if you're sitting next to that person watching porn. But what can you do about it? Do our civil liberties allow us the freedom to view whatever we like, whenever we like? Well, I guess so. If it makes somebody else feel uncomfortable then that's a different issue, isn't it? We don't want to impinge on those civil liberties. But don't you think that is the evolution of where we are right now in society? Yeah, absolutely. There is a whole generation that is not embarrassed to be watching hardcore, explicit videos yeah. next to a, next to whoever on the bus that they don't know. They, mm -hmm. They're so in their own bubble, they, don't, they have no consideration for, yeah. for anyone else. Now, sometimes, Michelle, you and I talk about the old favourite, Reader's Wives. That was a magazine back when there was such a thing as porn mags in your local news agents like Mayfair and Playboy and all that. There was one called Reader's Wives, which was kind of like the, the slightly down at heel one, wasn't it? The slightly trashier, cheaper. It's like the, the News of the World or the Daily Star compared to Mayfair or other mags. But most magazines of those porn magazines would have a section called Reader's Wives where you get to send in your wife or your girlfriend with their permission of course. It all blew up in one lady's face. Her name was Fleur Maidment. She was a social worker and she let her boyfriend of five years take naked pictures of her because he thought she was beautiful and she'd said she felt uncomfortable about her body so he wanted to send pictures of her into the Reader's Wives section of Escort magazine it's not mm -hmm. about Ford Escorts. It must be about ladies <laughs> with their boobs out. To prove that he wasn't the only one who thought she was stunning. But unfortunately for Fleur, four years later, one of the boys at the care home where she worked saw the pictures of her in the magazine. No. So the 15-year-old boy reported it to staff and Fleur Maidment was suspended. In the year 2000, this is back when it happened, Following a disciplinary inquiry, she was sacked for gross misconduct. Sadly, she lost her appeal, but this was the early days of people's private lives becoming public. I mean, did yeah. you even have a mobile phone back then? I don't know. I think I might have done, but it would have been a very basic one. Not a smartphone. They weren't invented. No. But it's not like Flo wanted her colleagues to see her in these three photos. But it was in a section called Contact Me. 
And oh. I think the reason why it was in the contact me section is because the boyfriend wanted people to write in and say, yes, she's gorgeous, just to bolster her self image. Self esteem. Yeah. 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 These pictures showed Flo topless, naked from behind and posing in the open air with a vibrator, with the caption oh. making references to lesbian tastes and water sports. It showed her face and printed her first name. So there's no doubt who this person was. Yeah. But she had totally forgotten about it. Plus, she told her boyfriend not to include her face or name. Oh, gosh. He stitched her up. Gone too far. But what about these Dumped. young boys and colleagues buying the magazine? And then bringing it to it. Couldn't they have just, you know, kept it to themselves? Had a quiet word. No, they obviously they couldn't. Mm. She said when the boy said to her that he'd seen her in the magazine, she laughed it off and presumed he must have met someone who looked like her. But when she had a chance later to check it, she was absolutely horrified. Of course. She goes on to say, I'm not guilty of committing any criminal offence, but I was made to feel as if I was. During the disciplinary investigation, Michelle, she was described as promiscuous by Shrewsbury Social Services because her photo had appeared in the contact me section. And Fleur says that that she wasn't trying to attract multiple sexual partners. But what if she had been? It's her choice. It's her choice. Exactly. She said, if I wanted to do that, I should be able to without being called promiscuous. As an adult, I can make that choice. Does that mean that as a social worker, you can't have more than one sexual partner? I'm as responsible now as I was before the pictures were discovered. I thought we were getting somewhere with the fight for sexual liberation. And this case is a real setback. Now, I don't know what happened to her. I think she's gone on to do maybe a different job because she was so badly let down by her employees. My heart goes out to her. But back to the porn film industry. Mm. When you think of porn, Michelle, you think of Pornhub. I think of things like Debbie Does Dallas, which was, <laughs> at the time, the most famous porn film that I'd heard of. And it's about little Debbie who wants to be a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboys but doesn't have enough money to get there for the tryouts. So her and her pals have just two weeks to rake in the cash. So they start this thing called Teen Services and they all go looking for work. Trust me, I didn't watch the film. I read an IMDb synopsis. Great. All of their bosses at the new jobs are all disgusting, leering, sexually motivated, including their wives, constantly fantasizing about these teenage girls, which I find absolutely disgusting. But that's me. Like you, I'm not woke. All of them are saying things like, well, I'm sure we can think of something when these girls say that they need to make a lot of cash in two weeks. Hideous. It's one of the top five highest grossing adult films of all times. And the movie star, her name was Bambi Woods, went missing after this film, never to be seen again. There's all sorts of theories about it, including that the filmmakers have had her killed or that she died of a drug overdose in 1986. And even as recently as 2005, people were still coming up with various conspiracies. But it has become commonly accepted that she left the industry altogether and is alive and well. And obviously, Bambi Woods is not her real name. No. Smart move, though, to, like, have a pseudonym. Exactly. In 2007, there was a brief film clip, which we all heard about at the time, back in 2007. It was known as Two Girls, One Cup. And it took the internet by storm. I've never heard of this. No, Michelle. Two Girls, One Cup. Yes, Everybody knows Two Girls, One Cup. I even don't. I do. Oh, here's you giving me a hard time about Pornhub, but you don't even know Two Girls, One Cup. No, I know Edward Penis Hands. Oh. <laughs> Two Girls, One Cup. I don't know about that. 
tell me. Well, it was actually a trailer for a full-length film called Hungry Bitches about two girls called Carla and Latifah who spend their time in their native Brazil while shitting and vomiting all over each other. It's horrific. Oh, my God. Brazilian fetish porn director Marco Fiorito only has Hungry Bitches on his CV, but his company, New MFX, which stands for Marco Fiorito X-rated films, obviously, has a web portal with sections for every deviant interest, much like you've come up with from the Pornhub. You've got piss, vomit, spit, farts. 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 Plus dark affair, such as trample. Don't like the sound of that. And I hate this one. Mm. Belly punch. Don't like it. Disgusting. If you click around, you'll even find recent videos starring Carla and Latifah, who are billed as the site's best actresses. Well, they would be. Oh, good on them. Yeah. Academy Awards. I mean, it's really graphic. They're shit. I'm sorry to people who don't like to hear this and trigger warning for those of you eating to put down the sandwich. Yeah, they're shitting on each other in each other's mouths. Probably. Oh. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I won't watch things like that. They shit and eat the shit until they end up vomiting. I remember there was a thing about glass coffee tables. Hot Carl. And... That's a hot car. See, I know these things, Michelle. How do you know? <laughs> oh my god, you don't know Pornhub, but you know about a hot car. I, I do. No clue. People I didn't even know it had a things. label. Yeah, it's a hot car. Yeah. Know. Anyway, <laughs> whoever created that website that rehosted the original video in 2007 of the Two Girls mm-hmm. One Cup eventually sold it for six figures after they got 32 million hits in six months. Wow. So I've just described it to you. It sounds absolutely disgusting. And it was shocking at the time. But now it's described as vanilla by today's standards. See, the whole world is looking for more and more extreme extreme. sexual things because their dopamine levels are just need to be topped up. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Deep Throat. Okay. It was a 1972 hardcore film, Deep Throat. It inspired the name of the Watergate mole. That's how you know it. It's also another mole on... What's it called? X-Files, Deep Throat. It's like the name of some kind of whistleblower. I have to say, it's a fantastic name, Deep Throat. It's very descriptive. It's, I think it's a great name. Well, you know why it was called that? Well, yes, I can imagine. Deep Throating. It's well, Deep Throating. The reason why she had to constantly be Deep Throating men was because she was a sexually unfulfilled woman who goes to the doctor to discover that her clitoris is not down there where it should be. It's gone. Instead, it's in her esophagus. I didn't know this. Yes. I'm sorry. Bloody weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the most profitable adult film ever, made for 25 grand, and has grossed more than $600 million. The FBI had tried to shut the film down, but in those days, it was an important step towards sexual liberation. So this is the empowerment, Michelle. This is where people are going, what? Make those films. They're fantastic. Come on, guys. All the glamorous stars of the 70s, like Warren Beatty, Shirley MacLaine, their brother and sister, by the way. Yes, I know. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, he was in there. They're all queuing to see the film again and again in support of the freedom to make and view such films. It got banned in the US in 1973, so a year after it came out. It was never shown in cinemas in Britain because porn in cinemas has always been banned over here in the UK. So the film star, Linda Lovelace, she alleged in 1980 that she had been forced to make the movie at gunpoint by her husband and manager, Chuck Trainer, who was violent and abusive. She said he forced her to move to New York, where he became her manager, pimp and husband. 
and she claims that in Deep Throat you can see bruises on her legs from the beatings she took from him and that he would force her to do these things by pointing an AR-15 rifle at her head. Fucking hell. That is horrific. Horrific. Poor Linda. After describing her initiation into sex work by her husband in her autobiography, Ordeal, she wrote... I have never been so frightened and disgraced and humiliated in my life. I felt like garbage. I engaged in sex acts in pornography against my will to avoid being killed. The lives of my family were threatened. So Linda Lovelace, previous to Deep Throat, starred in two films before that. One is called Dogorama. Yes, it's bestiality. And the other one is called Piss Orgy. Don't need to explain that one. And then she went on to do Deep Throat 2. So some people didn't believe her claims and said that she was a willing participant. And some called her a sexual super freak who had no boundaries and was a pathological liar. So there's two sides to this story. However, we talk a lot about coercive control on this podcast. We do. So, yeah, I've got an open mind here. Mind open. Mind's open. Absolutely. Porn actress Gloria Leonard said of Linda... This was a woman who never took responsibility for her own choices, but instead blamed everything that happened to her in her life on porn. But Lovelace's co-star in Deep Throat 2, Andrea True, corroborates Lovelace's claims on a DVD commentary of the documentary, which you can see. It's not it's about what happened at that time. It's called Inside Deep Throat. Andrea says that trainer. Chuck Trainer was a sadist and was disliked by the Deep Throat 2 cast. So okay. that's backing up of what Linda Lovelace actually says. And anti-pornography feminists like Andrea Dworkin and Gloria Steinem both spoke out for Linda Lovelace. Dworkin said Lovelace had done a polygraph test that supported her claims. Although we know that those lie detectors don't always... They're not always accurate. Accurate. But it was good enough for Dworkin and Steinem. And then we've got psychiatrist Judith Lewis Herman, who said that certain details in Lovelace's book Ordeal are consistent with a diagnosis of complex PTSD. Huh. Interesting. I I get that. For example, Lovelace's description of a fragmented personality in the aftermath of alleged abuse. So it's difficult to know, though, whether the abuse came from Trainer or from her family, because by all accounts, she did have a rough childhood. Later, Linda Lovelace became an anti-porn campaigner. She says of the movie that made her a household name and had those Hollywood stars all lining up to watch. She says, when you see that movie Deep Throat, you are watching me being raped. It's a crime that the movie is still showing. There was a gun to my head the entire time. By the way, just so you know, she lays the responsibility of that rape on her ex-husband, not her co-stars. Okay. So... Wondering how much she was paid? Well, she was paid $1,250 for the film, which was more than the $250 that was paid to her male co-star, Harry Reams. But her fee went straight to her manager, Chuck Trainer. Reams, on the other hand, was later arrested, along with members of the mafia, for the distribution of the film. And most of that $600 million profit went to the mafia. That's why I asked you earlier about who's getting the money for porn these days, because it was definitely an organised crimes thing. Mm. Yeah. They're not getting a commission on that, obviously. No, absolutely. They didn't sign an in, in perpetuity deal for that one, unfortunately. Reams, the male star, hit the bottle. 
became quite a depressed drunk until he up sticks, moved to Utah and became a real estate agent. Hey! Good on him. But for Linda, well, before she started in the porn industry, before she even met Chuck Trainer, she had been in a terrible car accident in 1970 and contracted hepatitis after having a blood transfusion, which saved her life. Sadly, years later, in 2002, she was in another car crash, which actually she was in hospital for with injuries with her children and her second ex-husband by her side. She succumbed to her injuries when she was 53 in the hospital. So she had a very sad end to her life. But she did have a second husband and a loving family. She turned her back on porn. Although towards the end, I think she did actually do a few shoots for lingerie and things like that. Okay. I don't know. That was Linda Lovelace. Poor old Linda. We got a bit bleep. We got a bit dumb. We're two birds yakking. Just having a laugh. Well, it just goes some way to describing that you said Google porn ruined my life. I would say that Linda Lovelace certainly felt that way. Bambi Woods, she never did another porn as far as we know. That's why people think that she was missing. Yeah. What of the current porn stars? I didn't get time to talk about it, but I did see some articles when browsing and I'm quite happy to leave this subject behind now because it's just so icky and mucky. But there's been a lot of deaths of porn stars, young girls in the porn industry that were reported. You can Google that. I think it was in 2018, 2019, headlines such as yet another porn star loss. Yeah. These girls are 24, 25, 22. There are a lot of Vice documentaries. There's a dramatization on the BBC at the moment about girls getting sucked into being cam girls and all this kind of stuff. It's something that's happening a lot. And the line between what is considered porn and what is just normalized and every day now the parameters are different to 20 30 years ago it's just it's not the same beast so I would need to really think about my stance on this because I am quite conflicted you know as a feminist I feel like women should be able to do whatever they want with their bodies but I also feel that there's exploitation involved yeah in this industry and supply and demand outweighs sometimes the moral obligations that people have towards their employees or the people who are in the industry yeah, it's a massive topic, but you know, we've just touched on some things today. So, we've lightly touched upon them. Yes. There's some food for thought, and I'm sorry if anything made you feel a little bit upset, but that's the nature of porn, and we need to have these conversations. No, because it is a bit of a grubby topic, but like I said, where there's sex, there's porn. Always has been, always will be. It's just as a society how we think about it and how we police it and how we deal with it when it affects our young people absolutely don't keep it in the shadows talk about it because you can't ignore it it's not going to go away no but you know what we need to do now michelle is just advise everybody out there please be careful what you click on (laughs) and whatever you do wherever you are just just keep keep eavesdropping Eavesdropping, 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 e